the Oklahoma City Thunder have brought Michich over. He's actually going to play in the NBA. He's actually going to play for the Thunder. Plus, they traded for Victor Oladipo. How does that change the roster? How does that impact the future of this season? We'll talk about it all coming up on today's Locked On Thunder podcast. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, media member, and editor-in-chief over at thunderousintentions.com, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LOThunderPod. Email the show, LOThunderPod at gmail.com. You can also text the show by texting 405-963-3686. If you sign up for subtext, you're going to get every Thunder rumor that we're hearing directly to your phone. So in the age where Twitter might be disappearing, you can get the rumor still uh, that we're hearing right to your phone. So check that out as well. But on today's show, we're talking about the Thunder signing Michich. He's finally coming over. They're trading for Victor Ladipo. How does that change their roster? How does that change their roster projection and the expectations for this season? Plus, what is the expectation for Michich and, and, and for his, his, his minutes and, and how he plays and what's happening with everything? So a lot to get to today on this bonus episode of Lockdown Thunder. Subscribe to the show anywhere you get podcasts from, uh, including including on YouTube. So Michich is signing with OKC. It's a three-year deal worth $23.5 million. He's a two-time EuroLeague MVP and champion. He's been flirting with OKC since 2020, coming over in that Al Horford con, you know, that Al Horford deal from Philadelphia. Uh, that trade, by the way, looks fantastic. The Sixers gave the 2025 first round pick, top six protected, to OKC. They gave Tail Maldon to OKC and the rights to Mitchich to OKC, all for the Thunder to absorb the Al Horford contract. They then, you know, rehabbed Horford's value and flipped him to Boston and were able to get two first-round picks. You know, there would be uh, Shingun at the 16th overall pick, which turned into two first-round picks, which turned into Usman Jang. So, like, there's a lot of stuff coming back from just taking on the Horford deal. That is pretty impressive. But as far as Michich goes, this has been a long time coming. The Thunder have clearly kind of wanted this to happen. Uh, and wanted this to kind of be a thing uh, whenever they had trade interest multiple times before, I think, and, and especially uh, the reports from Joe and, and and even Jake Fisher of the Jazz were in on Michich this offseason. But they kept Michich's rights, and they signed him to a contract, and so they clearly uh, want him to play here. And I know that there's been reporting for the last three years about the demands that Michich will put on the teams. Those have been softened, as Christos Saltis reported uh, a few days ago. Those demands uh, that we once thought were there have been softened. Like he, I'll tell you this, I can confirm that Micic knows what he's signing up for. And I, th and I think that to act like he doesn't is a bit disingenuous towards Micic. And I, and I can tell you for sure, he knows what he's signing up for. 
he's going to fill that veteran role that Oklahoma City has always used throughout this rebuild. Like Kenneth Williams is a veteran, but you know, notably Mike Muscala, Dario Saric, and now Michich. But the Thunder starting lineup is going to be SGA, Josh Giddy, Lou Dort, J-Dub, Chet Holmgren. Like that, that's, that's pretty well going to be the starting lineup whenever they're healthy. But that still doesn't take away from how incredibly valuable Michich is and how much he adds to OKC's depth. This will not impact the development of young players. This will make them better. Like This is not going to take away from minutes that you can spread to Jang and, and, and Poku and whoever else you, you, you want to see this Thunder team develop. In fact, it'll make them better by the ability to have an adult in the room and have a point guard uh, for that second unit that you really trust to make plays and to put guys in position to succeed and to, and to free up some opportunity for guys in the sense of you know just the, just the offensive gravity that I think that Michich will have, even in the at the NBA level. It also takes off pressure from Josh, Shea, and Jada. You know, last year, in order to have an organized unit out there, one of those guys had to be on the floor at all times. And now, with the addition of Micic, you can have a lineup out there where none of the three are out there, but your offense still looks competent and still looks good and still and still is able to thrive. And that's important because that also means the pressure's off of them for a long 82-game season, but you can also get more out of playing those three guys together instead of having to stagger them, instead of always worrying about you know who to pull and when, and when to get them back in the game and, and how to get rest for these guys. Instead of trying to buy rest for them, you can play them more together, I think, with this move from Ichich. And it just gives you more overall flexibility. I think that the starting lineup will be like Shea, Giddy, Dort, Dub, Chet. Like that's going to be who starts. But it gives you more flexibility when it comes to situational moments in games and 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 in the course of games where you know if you need a big offensive run and 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 you need to make one last stand offensively to get back in the game and get over the hump you can close the game out with a, a lineup that has you know pretty offensive focused lens to it of SGA Michich Giddy Jadub Chet you know or, or SGA Michich Joe Jadub Chet whatever you want to do if you need that defensive focus well then you close with Thorpe you know, if you need that, if you need that defensive focus, where hey, there's only there's only 12 seconds left, uh, they've got Kawhi. We need to put Dort on him. He'll fight through every single screen. He'll make it to where Kawhi doesn't get a shot off, and we win the game. Like you, you now have a ton more flexibility of what you want to do with your roster just by simply adding Micic. But with all that being said, that doesn't mean to get crazy and think that Micic will um, just be like this 40 minute per game guy. He's gonna he's going to be a highly impactful bench piece for OKC and they're not going to put him in the starting lineup um, at the cost of developmental minutes for you know Giddy or J-Dub or, or anyone else. Now, Mitrich is actually really good. Like, how good is he? Let's go through it. He, he ranked in the 88th percentile in overall offense. Uh, 90th percentile in half-court offense. That's huge. Again, that, that that is kind of a signifier that he's going to be able to help this second unit get into their action and, and get organized offensively. 97th percentile as a pick and roll ball handler. In those settings, he generated 1.167 points per possession. That's excellent. That is excellent. He shot 39% on spot up chances. When coming off of screens, he shot 57%. He's in the 52nd percentile of isolation scoring. 
Catch and shoot numbers. On catch and shoot attempts, he shot 45%. Dribble jumpers, he shot 38%. And at the rim, he shot 61%. And defensively, while he's not like some incredible jaw-dropping defender, he is still good defensively. Like he is not a turnstile either. He's a guy that was in the 51st percentile in overall defense, 68th percentile in pick-and-roll defense, and 57th percentile in isolation defense. He was actually really good at defending the rim. Like, obviously, he's 6'5", so you don't want to, like, have him be your rim protector. I'm not saying that. But, like, as a, as a guy who, if he gets switched on to somebody or if he rotates over in a pinch, he's actually been pretty good at defending the rim. I held matchups to 46% shooting at the rim. And especially if a guy tries to, tries to kind of drive him to the basket, he's able to stand tall there a little bit. Plays a bit bigger than he is, despite being 6'5". Uh, but at the end of the day, you can never have too many of these big playmaking, scoring, ball handling guards. There's no such thing as too many of those guys. And the Thunder still don't have too many of those guys. And I'll refer you to the draft day rant that we went on. I won't do that again today, but um, I'll refer you to that one if you want to go get expanded thoughts on the too many guard conversation. And we'll talk about the roster coming up, so stay tuned for that as well. But he's 29 years old, 6'5", plays bigger than he is. He understands what this assignment is. He's going to play for OKC. And, you know, he, he can't be traded for at least 30 days. I think the rule might actually be 60 for him. Who knows on that front? But, like, it doesn't really matter because he's going to play for OKC. But, like, I know that there was, there was at, at the initial reporting of Michich, there was this huge laundry list of things that he wanted. He wanted, you know, $7 million. He wanted um, uh, you know, uh, to go to a contender. He wanted to be a starter. Like, all this stuff. Those have been relaxed, as Chris Saltis reported, and, and and he understands what the deal is in OKC, and he wants, I think, to be a part of it and to help them um, continue to grow and continue to improve and continue to uh, hopefully get over that hump. This is a three-year deal. It's unclear what that means. We we know in OKC there's always the possibility that these three-year deals are multi-year in uh, name only, where there's you know guarantees and options that allow the Thunder to get out of it. Uh, so we'll see what the case is for Micic uh, as that continues to progress and, and get on to that. But for this specific season, Micic will be in Oklahoma City and he's going to be play for, playing for OKC and it's going to be a lot of fun to watch him play. Uh, in terms of trade value, as I said a few days ago, playing him in OKC isn't really going to increase his trade value, in my opinion. I mean, to me, we know what he is at this point. He's not going to be Gabriel Deck, where he's just like out there and just does not look good at all. He's also not going to be a superstar player. So he's going to be like, you know, you're at best your fourth or fifth best starter. At worst, he'll be a sixth or seventh man. So he's he's got a very defined range of what he can be. And we know what that range goes for. It's a couple second round picks. And so uh, if you're if you're envisioning this idea of like the, the Thunder playing him and then flipping him for this massive haul at the deadline, I, I don't know if that's the right, the right path to go down either. Uh, so at the end of the day, it's just going to be what he can do for this team. And I think what he can do for this team is really good. Like it's, it's really good to help build their depth and help, um, get that second unit on, on order. And as a, as a playmaking score who can get a bucket whenever Shay, Josh, Jada, Chet are off the floor and the mixing and matching that you can do with this rotation is going to be so fun. And we'll talk about that coming up. We'll talk about Victor Ladipo trade coming up. We'll talk about the roster and our roster projection all coming up. But first, I want to say right now, I've got our good friends over at eBay Motors. eBay Motors is great because they know 
that just like in sports to build a championship level team, what do you need? You need the perfect fits. You need the perfect fits to build that championship level team. And to do that, you need to go to a place you can trust to get those parts for your car. That's eBay motors. So get the perfect fit, get the incredible options for you at eBay motors with guaranteed fit for your car uh, at ebaymotors.com with over $122 million, a million parts to choose from. Uh, go get back at the game in no time by checking out eBay motors. It's that easy. You get the right fit. You get the right prices. You get the right accessories for your car at ebaymotors.com. Let's ride eBay guaranteed fit only available in us uh, in the us for customers eligible items only and exclusions to apply we're back on the lockdown thunder podcast on the lockdown podcast network your team every day i'm your host Ryland styles you can follow me on twitter at Ryland underscore styles but again if twitter goes away for sure check out subtext uh 405-963-3686 uh, sign up there and i'll get you the thunder rumor mail right to your phone uh, so it's a lot of fun over there as well. And you can get a direct line to the show of any questions you may have. So the Thunder trade for Victor Ladipo. Miami sends Vic in two second round picks. OKC just lets Miami create a trade player exception. So they don't send anything in this trade necessarily. Uh, and Victor Ladipo is owed $9.4 million at 31 years old. Sadly, coming off yet another injury. No firm timetable on when he's can return to NBA action. I think that his on-court activities will return somewhere in like October, but of course you need to ramp up to NBA speed, obviously. But while this is fun and this is Victor coming back and and it was a fun hour period on Twitter yesterday whenever this trade happened, at the end of the day, it seems like the most likely option is Oladipo gets bought out. And so... The Thunder have a great working relationship with Victor and his team. Uh, Sam Presti does. And so, you know, they can just agree to a buyout number, reduce it a little bit from 9.4, and Victor gets to go rehab and get to his preferred destination at this stage in his career at 31 years old. But the Thunder have to make decisions. The Thunder have 17 standard contracts, and the decisions don't have to be made until... October. But what's the fun in that? Let's talk about them right now. So they have 17 standard deals. You need to get down to 15 by uh, by opening night. So the 17 standard deals, Shea, Josh Giddy, Lou Dort, Trey Mann, Isaiah Joe, J-Dub, Usman Jang, Aaron Wiggins, Kenneth Williams, Poku, Jeremiah Robinson Earl, Chet, J-Whale, Kaysan Wallace, Davis Bertans, Michich, and Victor Oladipo. Kathy Johnson, 50th overall pick this year is on a two-way contract. So what are the options for the Thunder? Like, realistically, who could they move? Let's talk about it financially first, and then realistically. You'll see why in a second. So financially, Jeremiah Robinson Earl is an option. He he did have his contract guaranteed at $1.9 million on Friday. However, $1.9 million is a, is a total drop in the bucket uh, for NBA teams, and you hardly can't get any easier contract to cut than a, than a one-year $1.9 million deal. Aaron Wiggins, same boat, $1.8 million. Isaiah Joe, same boat, $1.9 million. Jay Wells, same boat, $2 million. Trey Mann makes $3.1 million. Victor Oladipo makes $9.6 million. These are the guys that you could cut at a low number now and also incur 
little to no, mainly no future dead money. The true options, though, there's only four, and one of them is not a player. Jeremiah Robinson Earl is an option. Trey Mann is an option. Victor Ladipo buyout is an option. The fourth one is some sort of trade where, like, look, let's just trade a package of, like, say, just speculating of, like, Trey Mann and Jerry for, like, future draft assets or something, plus an easier contract to cut, and then that'll be it. They'll just buy out Victor Oladipo, cut the cut the contract to get back for salary matching, and pick up an additional couple of, of, of draft assets, second-round picks. Okay, I mean, you could do that, but I, I really think that the Thunder – do like Trey and do like Jeremiah Armstrong and still think that those guys can have a huge uh, third season in the NBA or at least a good third season in the NBA. I shouldn't say huge. But it's going to be difficult to, to kind of navigate this. I think that the Bertans contract is is too big to work a buyout. And of course, you, you want to make sure that he doesn't play those that percentage of games um, anyway this year to make it towards a $5 million cut next season. So I don't think that Bertans is going to move. And then everyone else on that list of like guys who make reasonable money to be to be waived, you're not going to waive Isaiah Joe as a guy who's your you know your best shooter on this team. You're not going to waive Wiggins, I don't think, and so you're not going to waive Jay uh, Will either, I don't think. So it, it really comes down to Victor Trey and JRE, and two of those guys have to be gone. And just financially speaking, you would imagine it's the easiest pathway, like the the the, the most predictable pathway would be. You negotiate a buyout with Vic, and then you say goodbye to Jeremiah Robson Earl. He's $1.9 million richer. You did right by him. Uh, but what it all ties back to is this was the goal for Oklahoma City. There's going to be a lot of pearl clutching whenever these moves eventually happen, like whoever they end up cutting. Like they could cut, they could cut anyone in this roster, and there's going to be pearl clutching about, well, this is why you well, this is why you cannot have this many draft picks. This is why you just you, you cannot rebuild this way. I mean, this is just ridiculous. I mean, it's just it's awful. This is, this is terrible. You can't keep everybody. At the end of the day, this is what they want. Like This is what the Thunder desire to have from now for the next nine years is like a, a roster that is so competitive top to bottom, one through 15, that you have to make grueling decisions. They want internal competition to make their team better, and they've gotten it. And so it's going to be tough. It's going to be hard to make this move. But it's also going to be interesting to see how it all unfolds. And it could make for a very interesting training camp as well. So to me, those are the true options of like Jerry, a Vic buyout, Trey Mann could could be an option, and some sort of trade. So let me know. What do you think will be the right path for OKC to go down? when it comes to trying to get this roster back to 15 standard spots. Now, look, at this point in the offseason, you can carry up to 20. But by opening night, you got to get down to 15. So this is not a, a pressing decision. And I would imagine it's going to linger into training camp, and it will make for a fun training camp, and, and we'll be following it along every step of the way. But it is interesting to talk about right now. And I just really believe that that Michich coming over is is a great sign and, 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 is, and is going to make this team better. So coming up, let's talk about what the Thunder have done so far this offseason and what it means for the future. 
We're back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast. On the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. My official prediction as of this moment in time for getting it down to 15 would sadly be Jeremiah Robinson Earl, the 1.9 million, and then a Vic buyout. I think that Trey stays, uh, I, uh, and I think that they just roll into it with that group sends Robertson Earl and Vic. So, so far this off season, okay. For all of the worrying, for all of the complaining, for all of the, the think pieces that have happened around the thunder. OKC traded up in the draft in the first round of the draft. They traded up. They traded for future draft assets. They added a win now player. That's almost 30 years old, 29 years old right now, going to be 30 soon. They drafted a player who can play right away in the first round. They did not draft a project player, but he still has upside, but he's not a project. He's going to be able to play significant minutes right away. And they've added, or at least set to debut, a seven-plus-foot center who can rebound, shot block, and stretch the floor. If I told you that the Thunder did all of this, if I told you back in April, the Thunder on July 1st, will have added all of this to next year's roster, you'd be very excited. So let's see how it goes. Like at, at this point, the Thunder have checked all the boxes this offseason of what they were, um, you know, what, what fans were asking them to do. Oh, they got to trade up. They did. Oh, they got to get future draft assets. They did. Oh, they got to add a win now player. They did. Oh, they, they, they've got to get a rebounder and a shot blocker. They did. Like, they're going to add to this roster in that way. And you can you can say, well, well, Chet was on the team last year. He didn't play. Yes or no, Chet Holmgren actually playing versus not playing is going to help rebounding, shot blocking, and stretching the floor. I would say yes to all of those. For everyone who said that they didn't want the Thunder to draft another, another project, they didn't. They drafted Kayson Wallace, who's going to play right away. And when you start to look at this rotation, the starting five of of SGA, Josh Giddy, J Dub, Lou Dort, and Chet Holmgren, that is a fun starting five. And then here's the the more interesting part. I think that the starting actually the starters actually aren't interesting at all. It's kind of just we know what it is. The more interesting part is the bench. I think Mitchish will play every night that he's healthy off the bench and he will be a leader of that bench unit. I think that Kayson Wallace will be playing every night, just like Jim Williams was whenever he was healthy. I've seen it clearer. I think those two guys play a lot off your bench every night. But from there, you got to mix in Aaron Wiggins. You've got to mix in Isaiah Joe. You've got to mix in Usman Jang. You've got to mix in Poku. You've got to mix in Jay Will. You got to mix in all these different guys, Kenrich Williams. You've got to mix in all these different guys who present interesting skills where you can you can just have so much flexibility with that secondary unit to where you can go through the Rolodex of the roster and someone has to be hot that night. Like the odds of, let's say that you're going to play for sure your five starters and then you're going to play Mitchich and Wallace. The odds that you cannot find three other guys who are on that night are extremely low. That's how deep this team is. And it won't be the same, you know, it won't be the same person that's hot every single night, obviously. It won't be some cemetery like your standard roster at all. But but you're going to find, you know, three guys of the bunch 
that are good that night. And that's what's going to help you win basketball games. Like the odds of, of Trey Mann, Isaiah Joe, Usman Jang, Wiggins, Kenneth Williams, Poku, Jeremiah Robertson Earl, Jay Will, Bertons, like the odds of them all having terrible nights and not at all, you know, on are incredibly low to none, slim to none, really. To where Mark's going to be able to find 10 guys a night who can give you incredibly valuable minutes and help you win basketball games and help you make winning plays. So that's what's gotten fun over the last few days of, of this depth of the draft and of, and of, you know, the, the, the signing of Michich. You also have Kanthe Johnson on the two way contract who I think has the juice. You can go back and listen to Thursday's podcast all about Kanthe Johnson and, and how good I think he is. So I'm excited for this season. And I think that the expectation of the season is going to be high from the fan base. And I'm not sure there's anything anyone can say to temper that expectation. I would say that they're young and that the West is going to be tough and that the season's unpredictable. But at the end of the day, with how much depth that they have, with how seriously they take the regular season compared to other older teams, you've got to be feeling really good about what, where OKC can finish this year and, and where OKC can take this team next year. So it'll be fun. It'll be really fun. And I think that they've checked a lot of boxes this offseason. And I think that Mitch's coming over means a lot. What do you think it means? How are you feeling right now about next year already as you look around the West? Let me know all of that down below on YouTube. Let me know that on Twitter at Ryland underscore styles. And for sure, sign up for subtext 405-963-3686. Until tomorrow, as we preview summer league, be good and be good to one another.